0: Hello and welcome to Hacking Your Future with your host, Angie Carrillo. Angie Carrillo is a serial creator, entrepreneur, and advisor. This podcast is about the intersection of science, technology, and personal development. And you will learn more about how to hack your mindset, discover your purpose, and start a business. Angie works with entrepreneurs, technology leaders, and innovators to start businesses and reach their own definition of success. With no further ado, here is your host, Angie Carrillo. Hello and welcome back to Hacking Your Future. Today we have Mariana Vasconcelos. Mariana is from Brazil. She's the daughter of farmers and the co-founder and CEO of AgroSmart, a tech pioneer company by the World Economic Forum. She has studied at Unifei, USP, UCLA, and Singularity University. She's also the Global Ambassador for Thought for Food, and an expert in digital agriculture and considered one of the 100 most influential agribusiness people by the Neto Rural Magazine. Mariana was also recognized as MIT Innovators Under 35, Forbes 30 and 30, and FAF's company 100 Most Creative People in Business. So thank you so much, Mariana, for being here. I'm really thankful for your time.
1: And... Yeah, let's start. Oh, well, it's a pleasure to be here, Angie. I'm really happy uh, to participate in the podcast. I personally admire your initiative, and I think it's really important to bring those topics to life. Yeah,
0: awesome. So, uh, we met uh, a few years ago, and I wanted you to tell me a little bit more about your story, about how you got to go to build. Uh, um, AgroSmart, and also what happened before that, right? Because sometimes when we see, you know, like accomplished people that have all these awards, we think that it was easy to get there. You know, we think that they might be, you know, like they had all the tools. And what I like about your story is that you, you weren't born in, in the U.S. You were born in Brazil, in Minas Gerais, which is a state right deep into Brazil, in the heart and you made the most out of that to find, you know, like how you can bring value to the people that it is actually from, from your own country and your own land. So I, I want you to share a little bit of backstory of that and, and,
1: and share with us. So I grew up uh, close to the farm, like right. my parents are, are farmers and so on. Uh, so I I followed from the beginning the daily challenge of decision makers in in the fields and that's what made me connected somehow to what AgroSmart does today but it was not straightforward like in the past I didn't want to stay in the farm I didn't find it attractive so I started uh, to study business in the city I took over my family bakery for some years so I ran it uh, from uh, very young I would say when I was 16 years old my dad Uh, Made me legally independent so I could run it and learn from it. Uh, So, in case something happened with him, I would be able to carry it along. That was his story. He had to drop school to take it over when my grandfather died. So, he didn't want me to go through that. So, uh, I went to the bakery first and I decided I wanted to do business. And I did business school at night and worked in the bakery during the day for many, many years. And I'm completely in love with small business because many times, and traditional business, there's great opportunities like that too. Right now, it seems like everyone wants to create a tech business. And there's also innovation. There's also impact in traditional business. So I love the day-to-day with the bakery. But I was uh, living um, a different context in the university, which is very oriented to tech. Uh, the business course is oriented to, to transform the innovations that are created there into business. So I would uh, have in my circles a lot of engineers and software developers and so on. So before AgroSmart, we tried to open two different companies in tech. Uh, while I was in the bakery still, I was trying to, to at night and in the, uh, in the overnight, work with this tech. So we, we first opened a cloud computing hosting company. It was very simple, like low innovation, but it was our first digital business, right? So like learning to navigate the internet and how ads, digital marketing worked and how to provide a SaaS and a, and a platform as a service uh, provider. Then the business didn't work out. Uh, we decided to, to move on. Um, I got some experience to, to go abroad after this. Like I, I did a trainee program in Bosch in Germany. So it was a moment in my life where, okay, I was living entrepreneurship already. I had the bakery. I was trying a tech company uh, in the school context, but I was coming from a small town. And I kind of wanted to see the world and, and see what is there and learn from a corporation. So I went to this program in Germany and it for sure like shaped my relationship as a professional, like how to handle international business and having in touch with sales and different areas and understand how big company works. And at that time, we were having this switch from uh, technology companies to startups so the concept of startups and, and uh, value proposition and business canva instead of business model, uh, business model instead of um, creating a whole business plan uh, was growing up. And Germany is very strong in hardware, which is also my city and my universities. So I saw this uh, beginning of the IoT generation, like, okay, creating smart devices and connecting data and so on. So while I was there, before I came back to Brazil, still in Bosch me and the same co-founder that is still my co-founder today. So we we did three enterprises together. We decided to open an IoT company. Like, okay, let's get what we learned from these corporations and what we see from our school and then do the business. That was an IoT platform. And we got other co-founders there and this company also failed But that's what gave us a technical base for building AgroSmart, which is the IoT devices, the connectivity solutions, and help us to to frame the thinking on how we could use data into decision-making. So AgroSmart is my third tech company besides the the bakery that has been there all along.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So I kind of knew this, that you were taking over the bakery at some points in your time, but I didn't know that you had three previous companies, and I think that's important to and remarkable to address, right? Uh, it means the grit to, even though that something has failed, it's not a failure because you learn from it, right? Like you got your co-founder, you got some even technology that you use right now uh, in your current business. So thank you for sharing that. That's a great story. And I also want to talk more about How was, you know, like using this, like it wasn't straightforward finding your purpose and then aligning it. To what Smart Up, uh, then Agro as Smart was doing, right? I think with each company, you find one part of your purpose. You find something within you, also that it was why your biggest why on why creating this company. And what I found here is that what you're actually doing is that you're combining the intuition that farmers have on when to plant their crops and when to use, you know, when to harvest their plantations and stuff. You're combining that intuition with artificial intelligence and Internet of Things to create agro, smart, right? Like smarter mm-hmm. decisions for people. And I wanted to talk more about that. Like how, how is that process of, of finding that you were here to balance intuition and data and combining something that is being so natural for people with
1: technology so you can amplify it and help more people. Well, I think there is a lot to do with the mindset. It's very common that we, when we build tech and we are more studied, we just assume that other people don't know stuff or that the processes are bad and we want to make like a top-down decision to implement tech. And I think when you look into agriculture, there's like an art and it's millennials, like of uh, combined knowledge being passed to generations to generations. And there is value there, right? Like we just cannot assume that uh, building programs and doing technology will be better than that. There is for sure room for improvement, but we, we knew and also coming from this farming family and having that uh, in, inside and feeling that, that it was important for us not to undermine their knowledge and just bring tech on over it, but that we could use uh, uh, technology and data to empower their intuition and their decisions and also get that knowledge that is today intangible, like you don't know where it is, you don't know who has it, it's somewhere undocumented and make it tangible so it can also be used in a smarter way. So I think it was a combination of both. Like we collect a lot of data in the fields, we learn from them, and then we run uh, AI models for generating recommendations regarding irrigation, weather forecasts, forecasting, and so on. But we also allow them in order to to automate uh, decision-making by creating alerts based on their own knowledge, on things that they know already. And once they do it, and many farmers do it, we start realizing that some things they are nice and they are true, and some others there are some mistakes on what they thought worked and what they thought was good. Mm. So we can help to, them to go adjusting. But even when they are right, we start having a documentized and consolidated knowledge that was spread with many people within one place, so that can be standardised and replicated in a in a more um, efficient way. Yeah, that
0: that's great because sometimes we we go and accumulate all this knowledge, right? and it's just within one person and when that person is gone then that knowledge is also gone with the person but when we start gathering data and we start consolidating this then more people can access that and it's there in the long term right like it's not only dependent on one person and and i would like to take this you know like into your decision making process that you do as you know, in your personal life and also in your business life. Like, have you managed to implement also systems or or some way of decision making process for you when you have tough decisions? Because as a CEO, you're faced with many difficult decisions every day, and you have to do them fast, and you have to pick. You know, like. Uh, who's going to be your provider and your sellers and everything, like every single decision. In the end, the responsibility falls back always to to you, right? So I want to know, how do you process your own decisions? Do you also use your intuition and you're tapping to that intuition as well? Or do you
1: have a system and you rely on data? just purely on that? I think it's a mixture, maybe because I believe in it. Uh, it's a mixture. I think uh, one thing to consider is that I believe there's no perfect decision. There's just the best decision to be taken at that time, given the scenario and the information you had. Uh, so I follow a lot my intuitions and directions. Like I think is that way. I think that's what we should do. And then I look for data to validate if the hypotheses that I have are right. So I, I love to implement process and bring more data into our uh, in our day-to-day lives but it's just like as in the farming it's a journey when you just start a startup there's just no data and then you will you go maturing and you go growing and then you go implementing more and more process so you have more data and then can yet can improve so i do both Uh, i follow my intuition first in the direction and i use data to make sure that i'm right and many times i'm not then the data uh, gives me information that, yeah, no, I should do that way. But then I, I, I try to gather that knowledge from, uh, from the scenarios. I think a lot of your decisions are based in reference. That's why I like to read a lot and talk a lot to other entrepreneurs and so on. So you can get a grasp from what's going on in the market. So even that intuition is built out of data. It says that that data is not organized and we don't really know where it came from. But it, it is based on those reference. So I think I would do both. And I always like to talk to people about my decisions. So in my company, I have a committee of strategy like that's called the moonshot. Uh, Because like from coming from singularity, like it's really where we think the big things that will make a big move. And that gives everyone their direction, which probably their intuition in a day-to-day simpler decisions will guide them through that, right? So we set up the big scenario and the big dreams where we want to be and the big decisions are discussed there. So when every executive on our team comes back today to day including me, we have a direction to go. So we can use that to... To kind of direct us in, in the right path. And in the end, it just becomes a process, right? We make so many decisions throughout the day that they just become normal. And then you don't overthink all of the decisions you have to make. I think you just have to make them. They will probably be wrong anyway. And then you better do it fast. And then you learn from the results and you can change it. Yeah, that's,
0: that's so true. Like I was trying to look for if there was any model or, or something out there. Um, and I found, you know, like this book from Shelly Rowe that she mentions infotuition where you base your intuition based on the information that you have. So you think less and you don't, don't get to that point of you get to become an overthinker and you take too long to make simple decisions, right? And I love what you said about no decision is perfect. And getting away from that, you know, sense of your decisions have to be perfect as a CEO or as the head of any company, it's just so liberating also, right? Like, because you are making the best decision with the information that you have right now. And sometimes that would be not correct, right? And, exactly. and do you want to tell us, you know, like, how do you course correct you know, um, when when you figure out that you made one decision based on your intuition and then it could be wrong. Do you have any advice for people that might be in this same situation and right now with all the pandemic and all the different things, you know, that are happening around the world uh how could they, you know, find more data and course correct fast enough that is not too far away in the future?
1: So I think with the journey of maturing the company, you start measuring the results of your decisions. So like the first thing you start measuring is the results of the decisions. Besides like measuring everything else before you have to do a decision, is like to measure the, the consequence. Okay, we will do this, then how we are going to know if this was a success or not. So defining what success looks like and then measuring the results after, then you know very quick if it's diverging from what you thought was going to happen in, uh, in, the, in the beginning. And I think that's a way to, uh, to correct it. And I think it's important to accept that you made a mistake because sometimes when people try to correct, by, not, uh, by pretending it was not a mistake. And then they on the mistake and the longer and longer they just increase the bad on something that internally in their intuition, they know it's wrong. So I think like it hurts. It totally hurts. I feel horrible when I make a bad decision. But like, whatever, just take it, just apologize, say I screwed up. Plus I, I feel it's different from what I thought in the beginning, things changed. Perhaps it's not even your fault. It's so like the scenario, especially with a pandemic, a lot of the decisions were made in a different scenario. The scenario changed. That decisions are no longer good for the new scenario. So you just have to move past this and try to make a new decision again based on the information that you have now. And you are always going to make mistakes anyway.
0: Yeah, I like that. And I think that's what a great leader does, right? I mean, they own up to their responsibility and the cost correct, because it's what's best for the company. And I admire you for that. And I realized that I, I usually come to you as a friend when I have decisions, tough decisions to make, <laughs> right? And, and I think what you just did, how you define success or not success and what would this scenario would look like, or that scenario would look like is what I find so interesting about the way that you approach, you know, like your decision making, and, and I really admire you for that. And, and I, I like that. And I, I guess even faced with tough decisions in your life, right? Like being a woman in, in tech, in Brazil, and then going to Silicon Valley and to the world you being everywhere, um, I know that you might be faced some challenges, right, along this path. Um, do you want to share what happens when you are faced with these challenges? How is your decision making process in
1: that time? How do you see it? Yeah, I think like the first thing is leaving a place of being a host, uh, a hostage of your decision making like just to breathe and not try, try to take out the pressure. Like sometimes there's a deadline, sometimes there's other uh, things that are pushing you to make that decision. So I think it's, uh, it's good to go out a little bit and isolate yourself from that pressure scenario and the things that you have to do. So you can think just about the problem and not about the, the circumstances that are putting uh, for you to make that decision. So analyze the issue by itself. And I really like to talk to each other, people like I talk to my parents, I talk to my friends and many times like I just need to be listened. <laughs> it's like it's not even I need like someone to tell me what to do. I just need to think out loud so I can think about myself. And then I end up concluding it by myself and, and I make the decisions in a way. But I think like having unconditional support from people that loves you, it's really important because you know you're going to screw up and maybe one of those times is going to be big. And by knowing that you will have people that support you and love you anyways, that doesn't condition their love to that allows you to be more risk taker, you know, because you know, they're going to be there. So you just try. And I think I'm lucky to have people in my family, in my uh, close network that they are there and I share with them and they also don't have the right answer because no one does. But I feel happy that I, I told the stakeholders how I feel and I, I, shared with my team, with my investors, what I think could be good and could be wrong. And if I made a mistake, they were aware. So it's kind of, they are on board and I know that they are going to be there to support me. So I think that that would be my approach for tough decisions. Yeah. I love that you mentioned love. You know, like, I think, <laughs> you
0: know, like having love, unconditional love is necessary to be put more in business, right? And, and we usually separate love and business as two different things. But actually, like having a business is a way to serve the world, right? And what a greater expression of love that is. And I think it's beautiful service that what do you do, you know, like, yeah. So beautiful, beautiful that you mentioned that. <laughs> I would like to talk more about the leadership strategies that you have as a great leader for your company, and a great leader in agribusiness and just in general in business all over the world. There were some tools that you were telling me before we started this call that you started looking at them and and they were very interesting. And I think they are for exactly that, to hear yourself better and to become your own best guide, right? Because in the end, you might not need people to tell you what exactly to do, you just need to be listen and figure it out on your own. And I wanted to know if you have any other tools, any anything that you can share with our listeners here.
1: Well, I do. I don't know how to structure the listeners directly, but I can for sure uh, share some of the things later, perhaps art, write some articles. I'm someone that never writes. I, I tell people and then I don't document it. <laughs> and then it's hard for later to follow up the process. But I think I have a very close leadership I would say like I like to know people I know it's people behind the executive behind the employee and I really care deeply on how they feel because I think when people are feeling happy and loved and secure they will be ready for making better decisions so I like to talk to my team and understand how they are in the day-to-day and how the things are affecting them because it does like we want to separate our personal lives from, uh, from the work, but they are together and they can be a, like a boost to your productivity, to your performance and so on, if you're happy and so on, or they can totally ruin and makes you hard to, to progress and you, you feel like you're not being so useful. So I think those things are connected and understanding how the other people are is really important. So uh, I recently started a program uh, of leadership training from Google as an alumni of the Google Launchpad program and we are doing there is like exploring yourself and understanding where you came from and how that influences your purpose and what you're doing. And we start looking back and doing a deep dive in our childhood. So like, what did we feel when we are younger? Like was the the positive feelings and negative feelings, what we didn't miss miss the most, the most that we wanted to have and we didn't have. How was our relationship with our parents? And I have been uh, finding it incredible because it's like the development of a human being. It's like the baby grows and develops when he misses something. If the mother gives them 100% attention and everything they need, they don't develop. They need to feel hunger and ask for, 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 for food. And like, uh, they have just for attention. And, and that's how they develop. So the things that we didn't have and the relationships we have in our early childhood, they create uh, our environment where we continue to search for what we are missing. And we have to be very careful so we don't frame our career or our love relationships and so on to fulfill what we think we are missing. And that's something that is very important so you don't project your expectations or your frustrations in your, in your team. Like you have to be very aware of who you are and what your needs are and what you're doing and using the skills that you developed for overcoming those fears, those insecurities, those uh, things that you miss and put it into service, and when you do that, then you are actually leaving your purpose, because you are able to transform something that you developed uh, for overcoming something that you are not comfortable with, and you put that into service to, to serve humanity. So, like, I thought that was a very interesting exercise, and I would be happy to, to share with you later, and then we started, like, to understand how is that related to our talents, like, what kind of talents that we uh, super use, or that we underutilize, and how they work, and really go deep dive on what's your purpose. And I have been put through like repeating through seven minutes direct. What's my purpose? And apparently in seven minutes, it fits a lot of my pre-established purposes. So you run out of pre-established purpose and you have to start thinking and thinking and thinking like, what is still my purpose? And it cannot be repeated. So it literally like helps you to expand. And what I learned from that is that we don't have one purpose. We have, like, many purposes for different things in our lives, our families, our, our contribution to humanity, our contribution to our country. And they somehow fit together in the projects that we, we choose to do, right? So I think those self-knowledge, like really understanding yourself and how you react, helps you to be a better leader. I even joke uh, with some of my, my team that they, have, they come with Mariana's Manual. Like some of them, they really get me and they understand me. So it's way easier for us to work together and achieve results because I understand myself and I am very sincere with them. Look, I react like this sometimes. I'm bad at this. I'm good at this. Look for me to help you with that. So things get easier and more productive. Yeah, that's
0: okay. So you mentioned a lot of good stuff. I, <laughs> I think one of the top things that I got from that is you have to love yourself first right? Love everything, mm-hmm. every inadequacy that you have, every, everything. The conditional that... love comes from you. Exactly. Like it has to start with an unconditional love for you. So you can love others and create businesses and whatever vehicle you need, if it's a nonprofit, if it's a business, if it's whatever. And your purpose, I, I think we we all come to this conclusion is that your purpose is way bigger than just the purpose of your business mm-hmm. like your individual purpose you are here for a bigger reason and your business is one of the arms one one of the vehicles you can have and you will have during this time here to help more people to to be that purpose um that you're meant here to be right and and it it was beautiful i think it's great exercises so You know, like if you put the timer on seven minutes and then you don't know what else, you know, like is your purpose. I think you can do this out loud or you can do this by writing too, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and I think
1: this would be a great exercise for all of us to do after listening to this podcast. And it's nice to do with someone else sometimes because I was doing with someone that I didn't know before. It was a fellow entrepreneur, but we didn't know each other. And he pointed out some quite hard observations in my purpose and some like self-limitations and self-concepts that I put to myself and that I shouldn't do it. And it's, it was really cool because he had a different perspective on what I was saying. So I would recommend doing it with doubles, like a friend or a coworker or someone, because they would help you notice how you feel, how excited you are about one specific compared to one another and, and so on. I think it's a nice experience.
0: Wow. Yes. Yes, that's exactly. Like having the immediate feedback, right, is mm-hmm. what helps you. Also getting to that loop. Mm. Beautiful. That That's a great exercise. Thank you so much, Mariana, for mentioning that. And I also wanted to talk more about this journey that you had into your purpose and self-love and loving, you know, like loving the imperfection of your decision-making, loving the imperfection of the humanity that we all are, right? And I think that's a journey to find who we really are. And I want to know, you know, like, do you have any exercise that you have done do you recommend certain things for for people to do in order to tap into that self-love and self-care because everything starts with loving ourselves right
1: I think it comes from taking care of yourself and stopping to realize it uh, and I think it comes in different forms so I like to meditate I like to least to read motivational quotes like i'm following pinterest and instagram like illustrators that put positive thinking and it really helps me like when i see a good quote i'm like okay i believe in myself i believe in it let's do it no? so it works for me it's not the thing that works for everyone another thing that i think helped me a lot is like i love diaries and cute paperwork for your office so I always buy stuff like this, and I, I could later put in the link some uh, recommending stuff. But I recently bought in last year, in the, in the end of last year, uh, a vascara <laughs> uh, from uh, <laughs> uh, from Liniers uh, and Enriqueta, Macanudo, all of this. And there is like one bit of um, for the happiness, like so it helps you to frame your mindset and think day-to-day about your your happiness and another one about dreams, uh, So like you're able to think there's one page a day. I love this one page a day stuff that makes you think and makes you go deeper. And But most of them, especially those choose from Linears, um, it really helps you to appreciate this stuff you have and like helping you to identify like and find that girl in the end that is still a girl and wants to play and have dreams and that is innocent and doesn't have to live to fulfill a role in life and it's good to be reminded of that from time to time of you really are and find and find joy uh, on that so that's what i would recommend i could like put the links later on the podcast
0: yeah yeah i'm definitely gonna look them up and put the links here on the show notes so everybody can check it out and yeah and can do the exercise that you're also recommending them to do I, i think that's great um yeah, so thank you so much for sharing, you know, like all your tools and a little bit of your wisdom with us. And I wanted to know if you had
1: any final thoughts that you wanted to recommend. I think uh, just love yourself and believe in yourself. Like, I think I'm very far yet from where I think I can be and where I want to be. But I would never imagine that I would be where I am five years ago, right? Like I would never dream about it. Many of the things that I did came by chance, in theory, but it's never by chance. It's mostly because I believe I have a strong purpose. And I really like the concept of Simon Sinek of the Golden Circle and starting with why. Because I think in my journey, I met many other people that had the same why. And they just adopted me and they helped me to go through it and build my journey and took me over when I was feeling upset and this kind of things. And I tried to do that to other people. So like really be part of a network of people that want to change the world because that's just contagious. Like the energy and the resilience that you build is very important. So I would say like find your network and there to dream and try. Because you're going to fail. I fail. I continue to fail every day. And I can still fail big. But I'm sure that I'm contributing to a better world and I will Hope that I can continue to increase more and more in my impact.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. I think with that note, we can end this podcast. And thank you so much, Mariana, for being here, sharing your path, sharing that your not linear path with us. And yeah, so for everybody out there, if you want more tips, please follow the podcast, subscribe, and leave us a feedback. And we will catch you later. Thank you for listening to Hacking Your Future with Angie Carrillo. Be sure to tune in next time for another motivating, inspiring episode of Hacking Your Future. Until next time, remember, you are creating your future now.